Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to a new episode of Brain Dump. Um, this is my friend. He he goes by the name of Dislocated, and he he's a music producer. And we I don't know him too well, but we met um, in LA probably a few months ago. So everyone, welcome Dislocated. Uh, how are you doing today? Hey, thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Glad to be here. So you, I listened to your, your new track. Um, it was pretty cool. Do you, I know it's like very like, do you do mostly like high tempo music? Is that like? Man, you... uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's been a mix. I think a lot of my stuff has, at least recently has been a little bit more high tempo. So kind of, you know, at least 125, 128 beats per minute, even like 150. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's actually been kind of a journey, man. Like, um, so, so to kind of introduce myself, actually. So I produce electronic music. I'm based here in the Bay Area. And um, I've been doing this for a few years. I, you know, put out my first ever track in 2018 which was kind of a piano house type of track. And I got really into it over the course of the pandemic, getting even more and more serious about it. Um, you know, I have a day job, I work here in the Bay Area and um, on the side I had been doing music. And for the longest time, you know, I, I had been creating all these demos, I had been creating all these loops and stuff. And I'd have all these, friends of mine come over i'd show them these little clips and everybody be everyone would be like oh yeah that's that's cool you should get it out but i'd never finished a full track until you know a few years ago mm -hmm. and that first ever track took me like six months or five months to just go through that whole process like you know um arranging it mixing it uh, getting it mastered and all that stuff uh, but since it's since then, I've gotten a lot better, a lot faster. I've been working on my piano skills, nice. trying to get better at um, um, not just the music theory and the chord aspect of it, but also being able to play, like being able to solo and stuff. And so more recently over the pandemic, I started writing a whole bunch of different tracks. And a lot of these were actually inspired by my time in, 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 in lockdown, where I spent, you know, a lot of time just isolated. Uh, there was, you know, there was a lot of different uh, times where, you know, you were sheltering in place and things like that. And so a lot of these tracks are really about this sense of escape, the sense of freedom, if you will. And so that last track that I put out, Luminosity, that uh, that you're mentioning you know i wrote it at that time and i wanted this feeling of uh, escape and i was wondering what it would be like to kind of you know almost almost ride a roller coaster out to space or something like that and so that's that's kind of the vibe i wanted to give and so that's why you've got this sort of very energetic uh tempo on it there's a lot of different sounds that make it feel like you're you're in space or you're kind of uh, going through a portal or something like that um and um yeah so that that's that's where it comes from um more recently i would say yeah like my tracks have been high tempo a little bit but uh not always the case <clears throat> so you what was your first start into I guess music production like how did you become interested in it so with music production you know I I grew up in uh, I grew up in Qatar in the Middle East in a small town called Masaid and uh, growing up I used to there was not a lot of electronic music there or anything you know a lot of it was pop uh, you know top 40 type stuff you would say mm -hmm. and a lot of Arabic music and stuff and on the weekends, I used to tune in to this radio station in Dubai, like on Thursday. 
And this radio station, there was a guy called DJ KV who used to play like a trance mix of sorts. And, uh, you know, I didn't really know what this kind of music was. And in that DJ mix, I just thought it was like a two hour track because I didn't know what was going on. Um, and slowly I got into that kind of music just by trying to find it on the internet, on forums, you know, downloading and this and that. Uh, trading it with friends and I got into DJing eventually over time so I started DJing in college I started DJing uh, you know a little bit post-college and stuff and um, in 2012 I moved to Seattle and once I moved there you know I had a day job there and uh, it was pretty intense when I first got there and so you know during the week I would be working really intensely and it would be really hard for me to uh, you know, do any kind of DJing or anything like that during the weekdays. And then on the weekends, when I would wake up on a Saturday or Sunday, I'd be like, oh, I, I need some kind of a creative outlet. And, you know, you could DJ, I could put out some mixtapes, I could try doing those things. Uh, but I needed more flexibility in how I could express that creativity. So at the time, there was a school called Dubspot. There was this online school. Um, they don't exist anymore, I don't think that I was offering this Ableton program, like it was like a five or six month course that you would, you know, watch some videos every week, put in some assignments. And uh, I took that course around 2013 or 14, something like that. And that's how I slowly started getting into it. Um, and so over the course of those two or three years, I actually sold off all of my DJ equipment and instead started buying a lot more of the producing equipment instead. Um, and since then it slowly grew from there. It was like, okay, I know how to put some loops together. I can make some basic sounds on Ableton, uh, but I don't know how to express what I'm trying to express. So maybe I should learn some music theory. Maybe I should learn some piano. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it went, you know, kind of from there. That's awesome. Cool. What, what, what about, uh, yourself actually? How did you get into it? Um, I just, I guess I always just grew up just listening to you know a lot of different types of music like I was really into like hip-hop and EDM and um I was really into like you know indie rock and stuff too as a kid and then I just really wanted to I guess just the just the idea of me making music never really went away so I was like I should try it and I ended up I had a guitar when I was like in high school and I had a bass. So I would like just mess around on those a lot. Like I would try to just mm -hmm. learn songs that I liked. And then, you know, I sort of started to hear about DAWs and like, you know, look into those. And so I ended up getting logic and when I was like in college and then I just really, it was really hard at first. Like it was really, um, you know confusing for me at first but I sort of just stuck with it and like over time I just sort of like you know through you know hanging out with people who are also making music and also just doing a lot of like online research and like watching YouTube videos I sort of like figured it out um and then you know after that I was like okay I know like the program but I I need to learn how to like you know play music and stuff like that so I sort of started to do like I would do open mics just to like perform and I would do I started taking like music theory classes and you know more stuff like that and like practicing piano which helped and I started to I was like okay I want to like make my own music and you know I started to like you know sing on my own tracks and sort of like learn how to make like a full song which took me a really long time to figure out how to do that like sort of like you were saying like it took me because I would just make these little like loops and random stuff that I would do that sounded cool but it was never like I made you know a full song from like start to finish and yeah it's like it was probably just about a few years ago where I actually like got comfortable with doing like full songs for myself so that was there's like a whole journey to, to me, 
you know, doing like music production. And then I released like an album last year and a single. And I'm just sort of trying to, you know, improve my skills right now and like really make something that I really like and like, you know, wouldn't want to listen to myself, like just for fun. That's like sort of my goal. And so I've just sort of been learning like more about like vocal mixing these days and like, you know, arrangement and like, you know, automating things and like different effects and just sort of making things sound more full, like just as music in general. So that's sort of like where I am right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's super dope. Like vocals is an area that I have never tried or experimented with. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm also curious, you know, um, on the vocal front, especially like where some of your inspiration comes from. Um, yeah, I would say it comes, I, it really comes from like, I think almost like hip hop first and foremost, mm -hmm. because that's sort of like the genre that I just have the most hours like listening to. And, you know, like Kid Cudi and like Kanye West and yeah. stuff like that was really, you know, the baseline of me really getting into music like passionately. So I feel like that has sort of like informed, you know, everything I do, like almost for the rest of my life, I think, just because I've listened to so much like, you know, hip hop and stuff like that and, you mm -hmm. know, rap music, it's just... I feel like my baseline, even though I do, you know, now I listen to like all different types of music and, you know, there's, there's different, you know, factors that like go into the music I make now from like all different genres, but I feel like vocally, you know, that's more of where I am, like mostly, you know, rapping and trying to do that and, you know, singing and stuff like that is sort of like, I guess it's sort of secondary to me, but I really sort of like both, like rapping. And singing. Mm. I, it's mostly from, you know, that early, you know, hip hop that I used to listen to. Gotcha, gotcha. My main influence, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, um, you know, as uh, I'm also curious from your perspective with the uh, vocals, do you see vocals as, kind of an instrument as part of the rest along with the rest of the other items and do you kind of build your tracks that way or do you kind of look at hey the vocal is the main star of the show and everything else around it is really just supporting this vocal that's really interesting I think I actually look at it as more of like an instrument um, just because I always do the vocal usually I'll do it last like usually I'll have you know the whole production and I'll be like okay uh -huh. I like this production and then I'll do the vocal over it so it's sort of just it's not an afterthought because I'm I always make I always produce a track with the end goal of putting my vocals on it mm -hmm. but I wait until the track is solid and then I start so gotcha gotcha yeah, hip hop as a genre, you know, I've gotten into it more over the last, I would say, like 10 years or so. Um, growing up, I didn't really know much of hip hop. It was it was mostly like pop music that was popular when I was when I was growing up. Yeah. So I'm almost kind of going through the journey in the last 10 years where, you know, not just listening to like uh, Kanye, for example, around that 2008, 2009 time but also going back and discovering, you know, all of the hip hop from like the late eighties and early nineties, like um, Eric B and Rahim and, you know, Camp Lowe and all of, all of those guys. So, um, so I've been enjoying it a lot. I've been listening to a lot of hip hop as well um, uh, lately. Cool. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, it's interesting how music tastes like changes over time, I think. But there's also like stuff that we always go back to. 
um like for me right now I've been listening to like a lot of like indie like newer like indie artists and then and then like EDM like has been I guess really influential in me starting production because I feel like when I started to do music production Mm -hmm. it was sort of because I was listening to EDM music I see that sort of made me want to learn like logic and stuff when did you get into the electronic side of things and how did that happen? Um, I would say, I think it was maybe around like 2014 mm-hmm. is when I started to listen to like, I guess like Diplo and like Calvin Harris. Yeah. Stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay, this, and like Martin Garrix. I was like, okay, this is like really cool. Like just how they would make tracks, like hits that, you know, sometimes wouldn't even have like, a vocal in it or it would just be you know so driven by like the the beat um yeah so I don't know I just thought that was cool and I was like oh I I like the energy of it and I wanted to make I wanted to make it so yeah yeah around that time especially there was a lot of um it was like a really huge sound like like the stadium sound if you will exactly yeah and uh a few years before that, I don't know if you followed the whole blog house era <laughs> where there was a lot of... So. I know like a little bit of it, but I, I didn't like, I wasn't really like into it that much, but yeah. Yeah, there was this period of time, I think, um, I want to say around 2009 to maybe 2011 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, this was around the time when SoundCloud just started popping. Oh, yeah. Because it used to be a pain to like you know, for blogs and others to post music on their sites because they had to host it and upload it and do all that. But SoundCloud started to make it really easy for people to upload music and just embed those players in their website. So there was this whole explosion of blogs just posting, you know, all this sort of indie electronic music, a lot of which was inspired by like uh, the 80s uh, synthwave and stuff. So, so I remember that time it was just before the whole EDM kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, explosion, if you will. Yeah, that's cool. And I bet like you were, you were, it was that like, sort of like when you were DJing or was that like, that was like in the middle of that? Yeah. Yeah. That was around the time I was, uh, DJing, uh, or just after that, but it was, I was still DJing. I remember at that time. And um, yeah, you would have so many like mashups and bootlegs and any pop song had some kind of electro remix, like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that was, that was a fun time. I remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, the, the, the journey of music, you know, I, I got into it because of trance music and later house music. And then when I started to try to make it, you know, I was into the trans music scene around, I got into it maybe in the early 2000s, like 2001, 2000, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I really dug it for a few years uh, before, you know, the whole Bloghouse era started. And uh, when I started to make music, I started to kind of trace the roots of this music like where does house music come from where does trance music come from and all of that and i've gone through this journey and you know like now with the the, i I, with my own journey with the piano side especially um with that i've been going back like learning like the blues learning like about gospel and jazz and and now being able to slowly start to see those influences, like where some of these chords come from in house music from the eighties. Um, yeah. Like from disco, from funk. Um, so, so I'm actually not just enjoying the aspect of producing, but also kind of almost researching or learning the history of where a lot of this is coming from and what was going on at the time. Uh, and in a way, you know, kind of paying homage to those folks who made this. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, 80s music is definitely, 
I feel like it definitely almost stands out for people now as like a decade of like nostalgia with music mm. more than like almost other other times for some reason like so much happened in the 80s with like synths and everything yeah it's just such a unique sound you know and I feel like that's what the 80s is known for and then when you get into the 90s it's it was more you know about like almost like hip-hop and like R&B type stuff like 90s and early 2000s you know it's interesting like how we think of those decades now yeah, is there anything from the 80s that stands out to you, like any artists or a particular sound? Yeah, like I, for me, I re- I always liked like Phil Collins, like The Police, like Tears for Fears, um, a lot of that like electro rock music. Yeah. Like really cool sounding and it's just like you can't, you just, it's like the only t- place to like get that feel is like you have to listen to those bands because they're just so unique now it's like you almost you just feel like you're almost like there you know I don't know it's it's cool and it's like interesting for me because like I was born in like 1992 Mm. I was like I didn't even you know I didn't even like grow up around that stuff like that was after I was I mean that was that happened like before I was born so it's really interesting like going back and like discovering stuff like you know in like 20 2020 that happened in like 1980 like before you were born and like you know it's just it's cool to just you know discover that like for yourself you know like you might hear it on the radio while you're shopping or you know you might you know hear it like you know in a public place or something but it doesn't really do anything you know to you as I mean, maybe you'll get introduced to it like that, you know, because I feel like that's how most people get introduced to it. But you have to like really dive into like the albums by yourself and like the records by yourself. And then you get more of like a con like in your own context. And that's it's really cool just to listen to music like that, like in your own context, outside of just hearing it, you know, in public. Because you can actually like, you know, you're like, I'm choosing to listen to this, like. Yeah, you go on this whole journey of sort of crate digging, if you will, like mm-hmm. um, where you listen to this one album and you see maybe there's a song that, you know, features somebody and you really like that song. And so now you check out the work by the person it featured. And then you see, oh, so-and-so played guitar on this or did the drums on this or whatnot. And it's just like an endless journey going through all of that. Um, you know, I will say about Phil Collins, like, so some of those drum sounds, I mean, those are absolutely fantastic. And, uh, I don't know if you watched this movie, Risky Business from the eighties. I've heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. It's this, uh, movie, it features Tom Cruise, uh, one of his, uh, formative movies, I think. And, uh, that song in the air tonight is on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And that soundtrack is awesome. Cause it's also got one of my favorite songs ever it's by uh, tangerine dream it's called love on a real train okay and it's this sort of synth um like yeah it's almost like the synth progressive type of tune um but that's 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 the kind of sound when i when i think of the 80s that's that's what comes to me um yeah very trippy sort of synth sounds <laughs> yeah yeah definitely um have you been into the 70s much um not too much my dad is like really into that like 70s music um he likes a lot of like soul music oh yeah and stuff like that that was like his because i think that was like when he was you know growing up so that was like his music and like I heard a lot of that from him but I I haven't gotten too into it yeah dude 70s I love the 70s um I mean I've been listening to a lot of like Pink Floyd and Earth Wind and Fire and yeah a lot of rock and roll from that time um and the 
the thing that I've been looking to from the music of that era is actually gaining inspiration on arrangements. Because mm. that was a time when, you know, like, I don't know what it is about music. It just kind of felt free in some sense. Um, yeah. Like the song structures were a lot free flowing. You might have tracks that are two minutes. You might have tracks that are 10 minutes, 15 minutes. <laughs> um. And I've been looking forward to that because I, you know, through my own musical journey, when I first started making tracks, I was making tracks for like, um, specifically for DJs, right? And I still do. Um, and especially with house music or techno or any of these kind of uh, four on the floor styles, you know, there's a certain um, structure to it. You've got to have some amount of... Um, you know, strip down drums, if you will, at the beginning, so a DJ can mix in and out of it, uh, similarly towards the end. And, you know, if you listen to a lot of the, the top songs on the Beatport uh, top 10, uh, you'll find there's a lot of similarities in that structure because it works in a club setting, mm -hmm. you know, um, and people can latch onto that structure. They kind of recognize it. So when you play it in a club, a DJ mixes it, they know what's going on. They know when the drop's about to happen and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and that's the kind of music I was making right before the pandemic or especially in that framework. And since the pandemic, you know, I, I didn't go to any clubs. I used to go clubbing a lot, but um, a lot of the time I was just sitting at home listening to stuff. And so I still wanted to make electronic music, but, you know, having that kind of, 30 seconds intro with a bunch of stuff going on or uh, maybe even for a minute. It just didn't feel um, suitable for the environment I was listening in. Yeah. And so I've been trying to mess around, trying to spin up some of those arrangements, trying to flip some of them up so that even if it is electronic music, it's, you know, maybe it's not, exactly the structure you'd expect maybe it's a little there's something unexpected in that arrangement in that framework and so i've been looking to the 70s you know for a lot of that and i've also been looking to a lot of electronic artists like the chemical brothers and stuff whose arrangements were very very different track to track um, so that's something that i'm you know continuing to experiment with and uh, the next track that i'm going to put out is going to have a little bit of a different intro um in one of my tracks that i put out i want you now the beat doesn't even drop until like a minute out or something like that it's just building this ambiance and this space if you will <laughs> yeah 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 that's really cool and do you do you mix and master your, like your own stuff or i've been mixing on my own but for mastering i get it mastered externally yeah um you know, I, yeah, so I write the songs, you know, I arrange the songs, I sound design them, I mix them up myself. I also have a mentor here in, in, in the Bay Area um, who has a studio in Oakland. So, you know, when I get to the mixing stages, sometimes I'll go hang out in his studio because he's got it all like soundproofed and tuned to a certain way. So you can really test the low end, but um, yeah, I tend to do the mixing myself and the best I can. And then for mastering, um, I reach out to somebody else externally. Okay. Yeah. And these folks, I mean, I can tell you who they are too. So my mentor, he's Lenny Kaiser. He's actually very active in the Ableton producing circles here in the Bay area. And he produces, you know, bass music and house music and um the person that I got uh, some of my last couple of tracks mastered from is a guy called Dietrich Schoenemann, who was uh, recommended to me by a friend of mine called Chris Manick, who produces electronic music and DJs. He's actually based in the LA area. That's awesome. What, what about yourself? Yeah, um, I, you know, I, in my previous album, I sort of mixed it myself, 
I did mm -hmm. sort of everything I, myself and I used like Lander, which is like a mix, a mastering service to like master them mm -hmm. because I, I didn't have like a lot of money and, you know, it could be expensive to oh, like yeah. hold album. And I was like, I'll just do it myself. Um, but I think now I, you know, I'm sort of like in between, I'm like, do I want to mix it myself or do I want to, you know, have someone else mix it? Mm -hmm. and um in in my production I'm, I'm noticing like i'm getting better at mixing like because i'm mm -hmm. spending so much time in there and i'll just naturally start mixing stuff you know you just without realizing it, you'll just match naturally start you know adjusting stuff yeah because it's part of the creative process and like i didn't really understand that at first i was like oh you just produce something and then you send it to someone else and they mm -hmm. mix it but I feel like now it's like I'm naturally just starting to do it like within, you know, my production. So I'm like, I guess I should just, you know, have it done myself or like maybe, you know, have it someone else like minimally mix it. Just the stuff that I, you know, miss or like, yeah, don't to do. but I'm realizing that I'm naturally doing it. So I, you know, and I want as much of my own skills to be in there yeah but i think it's unique to the artist to the sound you know how how that goes um but yeah i think i would still master probably externally because i just i don't know i think it's like there's some benefit in handing some someone something off to where they could look at it objectively but on the other hand it's like you also want to you know preserve like your own style like by doing it yourself so I'm, I haven't made up my mind yet, but that's like what I'm thinking. Yeah, man. Mastering is a whole like, uh, yeah, I don't even know where to begin there. Um, you know, you said you're getting better at mixing as well. Like, are there any particular things that are helping you out? Like, are there sort of any, you know, moments you've had where you're like, oh yeah, this. And now as a result, you've gotten better. Yeah. I, well, I have a mentor who I work with. Um, his name is Harley and he mm -hmm. does he does mostly electronic music but he's like very technical and like he sort of helped me with different things with like EQs on different tracks and like you know automation and you know just you know where things should be in the mix like just as far as like EQs and like okay how do you do the chain so that it sounds right and like how do you do like compression and stuff on like different things Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've been doing a lot of that. And I guess, I don't know if I have anything specific. It's just, I guess the one thing I've learned is like, I'm a lot more particular about like my EQing now where like I want stuff. Cause he's like, like I want stuff to be in like a certain place. Like everything sort of, I want to be in a certain place where as before I would just sort of like, just wing it like the eq i was like oh this sounds cool mm -hmm. like i didn't really get like where things like should be and like we're supposed to be but now i'm like sort of diving into that and like busing because that's like a big you know part of like saving time and like and stuff like that so i've just sort of been it's like honestly a whole workflow it's like how do you bus everything how do you um you know put the chains on everything you know how can you streamline all these things to like work together? When, when you say, you know, knowing the, the place for everything, do you mean like your instruments, like knowing where in the frequency spectrum you want them to sit? Exactly. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, this is, I think with mixing, this is where like the, uh, unintuitively or i didn't think this would be the case but the piano playing has helped me get better at mixing <laughs> oh wow because if you that? take like um all of your instruments right so let's say you know you you had a piano with like whatever 80 90 100 keys and then if you imagine for each instrument somebody's sitting on that one piano and playing those keys you can kind of start to see oh this person is overlapping with this other person now like this is where the i don't know like the the person playing the rhythm is sitting 
but now the person playing the lead is kind of clashing with them or with the bass. And so it helps you to kind of see those um, potential clashes, if you will, because you're like, oh yeah, these are all in the same place or there's no way you can play, you know, one over the other. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I've, yeah, my first few tracks that I mixed were like very difficult, but mainly because of that, like a lot of instruments were in the sitting in the same spot. Um, but more recently I've started to go like, okay, like I'll lay down a baseline. Maybe I have some harmony, some chords. And then I'm like, okay, I need a lead. I need a secondary melody. But I've, now when I'm like making music, this is just during the creative process at the beginning. I'm a lot more intentional, I feel like, on where, what I'm looking for. Cool. And you learn that, like, I guess over time, just, you yeah. know, how to start thinking about it before you're, you're doing it. Yeah, this happened actually, this hit me when I made the song called I Want You Now. And that song is a little bit, you know, that's that's one of my songs that's uh, that I put out in about a year ago. And it's very influenced by drum and bass, you know, jungle, even some synthwave, really. And it started off actually as a sample challenge. So I, I, I was part of this uh, electronic music community on Discord, uh, started by an artist called Speaker Honey, where, you know, every couple of weeks, people would have producer challenges. And there was this sort of secret sample challenge, if you will where different people made little samples and, you know, it got exchanged and you had to make a track using it. So anyway, uh, one of the guys on there, Crostic, he had this really cool bass sample or just like this gnarly, uh, I don't even know if it was a bass, but it was some kind of synth sample. And I sampled it and made a bass line. And then I was trying to figure out what to do with the rest of the track. And so I had the baseline playing and I was sitting on the keyboard and just like trying to work out what to do with this, started to lay down some chords and with my left hand. And while I was doing that with the right hand, trying to figure out how I would, you know, sing a melody or write something like a solo on top of it. And so at that point, you know, my left hand was playing the chords, the right hand's playing the melody. And then eventually after a bunch of work, I figured out what I wanted to do. Uh, that's when it hit me. It was like, oh, wait, on the keyboard, these two things are sitting in totally different parts. Like they might be next to each other, but they're not clashing over each other. Whereas previously, what I would have done is I would have maybe written the chords. And then I would be like, okay, I have the chords now. Now I got to write a melody. So maybe I'll go into Ableton. I'll try to draw a melody or something like that. But I wouldn't really be thinking like, oh, this melody is in the same, you know, range, if you will, as the, the chords are. I would just kind of draw it and then I would be like, okay, maybe I should pitch it up or down or, you know, mess around like that. So then I was like, oh, and in the mix, it just worked. So I was like, oh, the reason this works is because they're not clashing. <laughs> <laughs> it was very simple, but, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that was one of those moments. Mm -hmm. And do you use like a full, are you using like a big full keyboard when you're producing or do you just use like a, a smaller? And so I, uh, so I'm actually in my, like, so where my studio in my house is at in my room, you know, I've got a MIDI keyboard. I've got a couple of synths um, around and, and uh, my actual piano like it's a digital keyboard it's like a 89 key one of those it's weighted that's actually not in this room that's in a different room it's in my like living room and so it's almost like um you know i i, I actually wanted initially to be in this room but when i first moved into this place um just because there was a lot of boxes, I happened to put it there. And I just really like sitting there and playing because there's a window and it gets sunlight and stuff. So it's nice for piano practice. So I just left it there. But that is not connected to this setup at all. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is now my production process is like, 
depending on how it starts, if I started on the computer with like samples or a beat or something, you know, then I'll kind of go to my keyboard and sit down there and just focus on what the song is about. Like, okay, what does the chord progression need to be? And then maybe I figure that out with the bass line and the chords. And then, you know, I'll record it on my computer. I'll come back and do that. And then I will have to think of a melody. Sometimes, sometimes that will take a while to work out. Yeah. But that's when I can just sit on that keyboard and play it out. I have the chords and then I'm like singing it, trying different ideas. Um, and it seems like maybe it's too many steps involved because I have to keep going back and forth. And this doesn't happen, by the way, in one session. This is like I'm talking over a matter of days. But I feel like just sitting there and working out that song on the keyboard, uh, it makes it so that some of the distractions from the computer are not there. Like I'm not worrying about, you know, clicking around, moving this thing out of the way, coloring these tracks and uh, trying to turn off all the notifications, people texting me, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. just sort of sit down and focus on the, the song. Like, what is this? <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I feel that sometimes I feel like I'm way too involved in the computer <laughs> and I should like just use my keyboard like separate because I have a sort of like you I have like a separate one yeah and I have like this little like Arturia mini lab mm -hmm. so I really want to get outside of using the computer but I feel like I'm so used to like doing everything in the computer that it's like almost it's like I just it's just like more comfortable because I'm like oh what if I forget oh yeah if I miss something you know but that's like something to think about yeah dude I've gone I've been going through this journey I'm actually getting rid of some of my synths one by one selling them off like a few years back you know I just had like I don't know what it was like synth FOMO or something like whenever you know Black Friday sales would come around and I'd follow some crazy deal I'd like try to buy a synth but you know having too many of these started to make me like I wasn't mastering any of them I was doing a little bit of everything and also it was making it like um I don't know it was it was it was, it was making me feel like hey I'm not taking advantage of these enough like which would in turn cause me to play around with them which in turn causes me to make fewer tracks and so basically the conclusion I reached was just buying a lot more synths is not getting me to finish more tracks. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been going through this thing where one by one, I've gotten rid of a couple of these, uh, selling them and whatnot. Um, and I probably will sell another one as well. Uh, just so I can, you know, focus on getting my producing and songwriting chops solid before I, add another instrument yeah i think that's you know that's like a trap that like everyone could fall into is like the materialism trap with music or like okay i have to i want to buy like all these plugins or like i want to buy all these instruments because it's fun you know it's like fun to mess around with them but it's like <laughs> it's also like a distraction to you yeah 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 Oh man, plugins, plugins are especially notorious because they're always, you can't avoid them. You know, they're, they're all over social media. You get those ads, you get those emails and you're like, <sighs> so, so sometimes I'll ping my mentor and be like, Hey, have you bought this plugin? And he just replies like, no, don't do it. <laughs> you don't have to like you know, waste your time or like waste your money on it. But... Um, yeah, yeah. For for your music, you know, do you have, uh, do you see yourself in, uh, maybe I should frame this question differently. I'm curious, like, do you see yourself more as a producer or also do you see yourself as a performer? I think I want to get to being a performer. That's like sort of what I see myself as. Hmm. But I feel like I sort of have to be a producer to like build a base to like do that you know and like build a base in terms of uh 
people who are into your music or like a base of uh, material like music? Sort of both, I think, you know, and, you know, especially with the pandemic and with, because I have, you know, I, I work full time too. Mm. And, you know, it's hard for me to just, you know, go out and perform, you know, so I just naturally have been producing a lot, which yeah. is fine. But like, I hope someday I could transition to being more of like a performer. That's Got like it. what I really want to do. But, you know, I also feel like producing is like good at this point because it, like maybe I can achieve, you know, a sound from it that's my own. And that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm constantly growing. So that is fun to watch myself, like just make stuff that's more aligned with mm -hmm. me, like just as my skills improve. But I, I, I guess I see myself as sort of both, you know, I think even if I was, I couldn't imagine myself like just performing and just not producing at all. You know, I feel yeah. like I'll always sort of want to test stuff out behind the scenes and like produce and be recording artists um, you know I sort of want to perform like when there's a I guess like if there's like a demand or an opportunity for me to perform mm. like I don't see myself just doing it like right now I guess because I don't feel I feel like it's like I want to take my time and like make stuff you know at my house like make stuff here that like i really want to perform first so got it got it yeah yeah it's um and if you were to perform you know would it be like a as a solo artist or with a band or i don't know i think i would want to probably perform like either as a as a solo artist or with a band but or maybe, you know, if I have a feature or something, but right now I, I'd probably start just by myself, just because that's sort of how I've been doing everything. Yeah. I'd probably start that way and then see if anyone was interested in like collabing or doing something together. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Someday I hope I will be able to perform live as well. I, um, you know, with, 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 um, electronic music especially um i want to be able to like solo using a synth and so because yeah. that's something you don't i don't think you see a lot of in electronic music these days you used to have a lot of it back in the 70s and 80s um people soloing you know on the guitar on the synth on the keyboard all over the place saxophones and so i want to have some of that element to my music where it's almost improvisational to some extent because i think that could be really fun um but yeah that's you know one step at a time i guess like trying to get there yeah but in terms of improving my skills as a performer and also as you said like building a body of work that you can you know work off of mm -hmm. for sure yeah would you um collab with like collaborate with other artists as well yeah i think collaboration could be fun i um i haven't done much of it actually i've uh, mostly been solo producing um but i think it could be fun to collab um, with other producers or even with other you know uh singers vocalists or other instrument players even yeah you know, um yeah i just haven't done much of it have have you um i've not too much of it either i've done you know we i had a friend named cloud who's a rapper who back when i used to live in san francisco about like two or three years ago we would he was on one of my songs and like we did some songs together mm. um they didn't really most of them like didn't get released um, there's just one song, Devil Eyes, that has him on it that we're both on. Mm. Um, and that was fun. Um, we sort of had differences in, like, 
I guess just like what we wanted to do, like our sound, we just have like different inspiration. So we didn't do like too much, but we had fun for like a certain amount of time. Just like, Got it. you know, collaborating, but I would love to have in the future, like I'd love to have like, you know, a feature on my yeah. song. I'd love to, you know, be on someone else's. Like, I just think it'd be fun just to collaboration, you know? Yeah, it's like, uh, I guess during collaboration, I haven't done much of it, but um, it would seem that, you know, to collaborate successfully, either you're, um, you both have a common goal where you're like, okay, we're trying to make this, maybe you're both working the same genre. So it's kind of like easy to work with each other, which is one way, or it's the other way, which is you're doing totally different things. And the purpose of you coming together is to make some crazy new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um like someone who's maybe making like i don't know like uh like playing jazz piano comes together with like a dubstep producer or something <laughs> That'd be cool. yeah. um stuff like that um yeah yeah you you know you mentioned you also work uh a day job and i'm curious you know how you create time for your music yeah, I would say it's it's mostly like on the weekends, like mm. I'll produce a lot and then usually in the evening, like after I get home, yeah, I'll eat dinner and then I'll do, you know, like an hour or two, like a night, you know, sometimes I don't, but like that's typically when I do it just on the evenings. And then, you know, sometimes if I feel like it'll like do it in the morning too um but yeah it is it is definitely a challenge because sometimes i'm like oh if i had more time i'd be able to, to put stuff out faster um but you know that's okay like i just do like i guess what i can the um got it yeah it's that's a lot of it takes a lot of dedication um and uh, i'm curious you know if any of your work um inspires your music as well um it's funny you say that because it i don't think my work really inspires my music like but i will say like sometimes i work in retail so like the music at my work like somewhat inspires my music like the tracks that they play in my store got it thanks so much that i they're in my head a lot so it'll like go into mm -hmm. it's really weird like it'll like, like go into my music just because i'm listening to it and it's like it's like pretty good music generally like they'll play like sort of like 80s rock music you know different hits like they, it's actually a pretty good playlist that they have um i work in like a luxury watch boutique so it's pretty fancy like they have like good music in there mm. um so I guess in that way it influences it. <laughs> so, Dude, I gotta like, yeah. Um, and do you have control over this music, or it's like already selected? I don't, unfortunately. Got it, got it. Yeah. Man, some places have really good music. Um, one of the places, you know, I've sometimes I'll go to a Chipotle just for the music. <laughs> Like, have I've you never paid attention to it. <laughs> you know, I know that there's music on, but I never like register. I so there's a movie theater close by, right? Like I can walk to it in like 30 minutes. And uh, just outside that place, there's a Chipotle. And so sometimes, I mean, I'll get Chipotle because you know, sure, uh, I want something quick on the way. But sometimes, you know, I'll go there and I'll just sit there because it's like. The music is freaking good. Like, <laughs> I don't know who is selecting this stuff. <laughs> like, I'll discover music that I haven't heard before. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like yeah and I'll be Shazamming in there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I once tweeted at them too. I was like, hey, who, who is selecting the music for this branch here? I want this one song. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I wonder, like, who is doing it? But but it's interesting also how much of a difference the music makes to the space, like the the experience, you know, whether you're going to a store, a restaurant, what have you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I end up, you know, mostly making music yeah, outside of my day job, like, as you said, like in the evenings during weekdays and um, on the weekends. And uh, every now and then when I'm able to, I'll try to take a day off. Like if there's a long weekend, mm-hmm. I'll try to attach a day or two to it so I can get some extra time for music. So, yeah, definitely. It's important to have like time, you know, like creativity, almost, I think like creativity, there's an aspect of creativity in, in leisure that mm-hmm. go hand in hand, you know, like having, you know, just having that space to like think for your yeah. life to just create stuff. Um, and that's how it is for me. Like it comes from a place of like, okay, if I empty my mind, then I'm like more creative. That's just like how I've been. So I try to get myself in that state. And like, sometimes like I'll try purposely not to listen to music mm. for a while, like before I'm going to write something because it makes me generate you know, my own ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you do for it? Do you like meditate? Do you take a walk? I, I, I would say I take a a walk a lot. Like, you know, I live in a, like my neighborhood's pretty good for that. So I'll like take a walk a lot and then I will, I'll read a book, Mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes that'll just help me like, wind down or like maybe i'll think of like you know the story and it will inspire me to like write you know lyrics or something like that like that helps too also like going out with my friends help just like having experiences can help you gain gain something oh yeah Um, yeah yeah like in the real world i would find sometimes often that uh, right after watching a movie that i would start getting ideas oh it's the strangest thing yeah like um especially if i go to like a movie theater or something or you know i'll watch something and then on the way back i'll just be like humming melodies or something and can't wait to get home because i want to like record it down so um it's interesting how that works um for yourself also by the way i had one more question it was you know at, at any given time, do you work on a single piece of work or do you, are you working multiple projects? Yeah, that's a good question. I definitely, I'd say more often I work on multiple projects, but mm. then I'll, I'll, my, my goal is to do that until I find one that is like, okay, this is the one. And then I'll try my best to finish that one. Got it. And then I'll, then once that's sort of done, I'll start again. Or if I get stuck, like maybe that'll happen, but I will get stuck. I'll sort of, sort of start working on new ones again. I see. I always have one, you know, I try to, I try to end up with one that I'm like, okay, this is the one I want to finish. And it's, it's okay if I don't finish the other ones, but you know, I have one that's like, okay, this is the main one that I'm working on. And then I'll, you know, unless I get, unless I don't get stuck, I'll keep working on it. So So you kind of go through like phases where you're like, you know, at one time you have a ton of ideas, then you pick one and then you narrow down and then you do it again. Exactly. Got it. Got it. How about you? Man, I, I, my, yeah, I think I try to have like a couple of tracks that I'm working maybe two or three at one time so that I can um, keep things interesting, have some, have a bit of perspective. So I might work on one, continue making progress. And then if I want to change, I always flip to the other one. Um, Cause I found that when I just try to work on one, sometimes I'll start to lose perspective where it's like you get too involved in some, minor details of the tracks which maybe don't matter at the end yeah um but um so so that's what i try to do and you know of let's say i'm working on two or three tracks at a time one of them will emerge as like okay this is almost ready to be done i need to you know finish up the mix 
tighten it up, get it out. So then I might, you know, start focusing on that. Maybe I'll do that for like a week or two, but um, I try to have like a couple of tracks that I'm working at a time so I can bounce between them. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's like, um, yeah. And sometimes some of the tracks I've just abandoned to be honest, because um, I think more recently I've gotten a lot more clear on what I want to get out of a track um, or what I think it should be. Um, earlier on when I was producing, you know, I would, I was doing a lot of trial and error. I didn't quite know what I was doing, to be honest. So I would put things together, things would, but then, you know, I might have like, I don't know, I might put a baseline drums, some harmony, and then I wouldn't know what to do with the melody or I would, you know, do all of those things, but then I wouldn't know what to do with the, the harmony or whatever, like whichever way. But these days I'm kind of more like, okay, this is the vibe. This is, is is this thing I'm adding contributing to this end goal? And if so, that's what I will do. Otherwise I won't do it. And for some of these tracks, I might reach a place where I'm like, I don't exactly know what direction to take it. In which case I'll, you know, just put it in my sort of ideas folder and have it sit there until I figure out what to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I feel that. I feel that. And sometimes like I do, I was watching a YouTube video. Um, there's a producer called Andrew Huang on YouTube. Oh yeah. And um, he has some really cool, you know, ideas and like videos. And like one thing that he said stuck with me and he's like, you should, I think it was him that said this. He's like, you should like make, attract like not to finish it but just make some tracks like just or some projects like just for like the purpose of like sound design or like discovery yeah and that has been really helpful you know just to be like okay I don't have to like try to make this you know a song like I could just do whatever I want like this is a free project I can just test as many things and do as many things and sometimes like those have been really cool, like just doing that and like just letting go of like the expectations. Yeah, because that takes away a lot of the pressure as well. Like, yeah, you're not suddenly like, you know, beating yourself up for being like, oh, I got to finish this. It's not happening or what it's, you know, you got what you needed to get out of it, whether it's you learned some how to do something, whether it's, you know, you put a combination of ideas together and try to see if they would work or not. So you've got something you've learned from it. Yeah. It's like, I, like, I remember when I started producing, like everything was like that, mm -hmm. like everything was this, I was just discovering. And then it's like, almost like I forgot that I could do that. You know, I was like, okay, everything has to be like a song. And like, I just stopped trying to do that, but it's still important, I guess, to do that. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, well, I think we're going to wrap up soon. Do you have anything else you wanted to say or did you want to let people know, like, you know, when I guess like your releases or when anything's coming out or where they can find you on the internet or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. I, yeah, so I, you know, again, I go by the artist name Dislocated with Dislocated with a K. <laughs> and uh, you know you can find my music on spotify apple music soundcloud audius and uh i'm also on instagram i have a new track out called luminosity that i that came out uh, a little around two weeks ago and um yeah i'd love for folks to check it out you know hit me up let me know how you like it and the artwork by the way um i wanted to give a shout out to um uh, one of the artists here in the Bay Area who's helped me with that artwork and some of the previous things as well. Uh, it's a guy called Jonathan Fetzer who goes by Fetz Audio Visual. And he's, uh, he's someone who's really active in the electronic music scene here doing visuals for DJs and things like that. 
And so, um, yeah, that's the artwork that you see on the cover of this album as well. Nice. Cool. So yeah, I appreciate uh, you having me, uh, Ron. Is you know, it's 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 good to talk music and also get some, you know, exchange some tips on the producing side. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Right.